This episode of The Backdrop, Untold Stories in Golf, is brought to you by New Club Golf Society, a humble community of golfers connected by our love for the game. Follow us on social media with the handle New Club Golf. Hey, Dick Robbins. Thanks for joining us this morning on The Backdrop. Well, thank you very much for having me. So I know your uh, official title at Firestone Country Club as member services manager, but uh, I will always think of you as a locker room legend. <laughs> yeah, I guess that that's that's kind of the main role. I wear a lot of hats. I uh, oversee all transportation, a rooming segment, and also all employee relations here at Firestone. It's something because I know there's a big workforce and a big club, um, one of the largest in America. And, uh, and I'm excited to dive in today, you know, before we get into kind of, uh, the many hats, as you said, that you wear there, um, I want to go back in time because I know your relationship with Firestone, uh, doesn't begin as an employee. Uh, what is Dick's first ever memory of, of Firestone country club? Can you go back for us that far? Not to call you old Dick, but can, can you, I sure can. can. Uh, no, you're fine. Yes. That's. And actually, um, just uh, as like a preamble, I am, I will be 62 years old next week. And my first memory goes back to when I was eight years old. And the very first time my dad brought me out here, he was a member at, when Firestone Tire owned the country club. You had to be an employee of Firestone Tire and Rubber to be a member. And he had joined and brought me out here when I was eight years old for my first golf lesson on junior golf day. And I'll never forget that day because I had never even touched a golf club before that day. My dad did play golf and uh, he wanted me to, to do it. And, uh, and it, I obviously took to it ever since then, but it was, uh, I distinctly remember that day. Were you a fish in water at eight years old? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Not very good. Not very good. They had a great junior golf program back in what I'll call the Firestone days. Um, every Thursday was junior golf day. And so every Thursday, all the juniors, the, the, the children of all the members and everything, we could literally play golf all day on one of the golf courses. And they had it segmented uh, for beginners, like I was when I was eight years old, you played three holes. You got a lesson and you played three holes from the ladies' tees. And it went all the way up to 18 holes from the men's tees for the more advanced, older golfers. So I started at the very bottom of the rung with the three holes. Did that for a, probably that whole first summer. And then gradually moved up to six holes, then nine holes, then nine holes men's tees on up, but it's, uh, it was a great program. And, you know, the, everybody, the pros, everybody, the, the, the staff here at the club back then, they treated us wonderfully when you look back on it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've been diving into a little bit more of the history on, on Firestone and uh, getting ready for our, our golf societies, making a visit uh, at the end of August and, um, just kind of digging into things that I haven't done in the past. Being from Akron, you would think that I'd know some of this stuff, but there's so much I, I have started to uncover that I didn't realize. And uh, going back to the origin of the place, you know, Harvey Firestone, founder of Firestone Rubber and Tire, uh, he, it was pr really innovative at the time to provide something like this to your, your employees. And that was kind of the... Um, the precipice of it was just, Hey, we're going to, we're going to provide this, uh, to, to our hardworking employees as this community benefit. And I think there was a, a housing plan, obviously that Firestone park and areas that, that kind of built off of it or was part of it. Uh, and then he, it started a trend of other corporations in, in the country, um, building the same, I think Hershey, uh, and Hershey PA, uh, you know, had Hershey country club and there was a couple others. So, that, that was interesting to me and all the way up until, I don't know how, what year it was in, when you were eight, but that was still, it was still there as a benefit for the members or for the, the workers. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, 
So when I was eight, it was 1966, and Firestone literally owned the club up until 19, the end of 1980, they sold the club to Club Corporation of America. So, so I grew up playing golf here, and uh, um, it, was, it, was a, it was a lot of fun, and you know, my dad played two or three days a week, and pretty soon I was playing two, two or three days a week, and so many guys came out of that junior golf program that went on to, to bigger and better things that... The most notable would be John Cook, and he's the same age as I am, and we all know what John has accomplished in the world of golf, but he, uh, I actually didn't really know John because he was always a couple of those rungs ahead of me there, but uh, now he is a friend. His, um, I'm a family. We're, we're, we're friends and talk, and uh, you know, he, John says the same thing when people talk to him that, that the junior golf program at Firestone Country Club was where, what got him to where he wanted to be. And, and uh, um, it was just, a, but a lot of other golfers that uh, I think we had two or three that, that and went on to win the Ohio Amateur Championship and lots of played in college. It was a uh, very competitive uh, for those guys. I, I never got to that group, but it was uh, fun then, nonetheless. Hey, you, you were out there with them toe to toe. Oh yeah. I hear, I hear a lot of uh, cookie stories. John Cook was definitely the, uh, the LeBron James of golf for the Akron area. I have some uncles that you know who are, are same age, and, and they all every single one of them has a story about getting absolutely shellacked by John Cook on the public course at Firestone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's uh, and you know it's uh, you know he played this past year in the senior. Um, players championship and you know it was like old home week for him his whole family was here and I knew his whole family and it was so fun to to be with them a little bit and spend a little bit of time with them and uh just kind of a full circle thing for John and his family and and all of us because his dad you know was also worked for Firestone Tire for a number of years wow yeah that's uh, you know in order to get good at the game you have to have access to to good golf and instruction and people you know watching and learning from others that's awesome that they did that for you guys yeah it was a great thing i you know it's uh you know my dad you know that was it was always a special thing to him and like you said uh kind of set the the um direction for a lot of other companies that did things like that you know it was uh, very inexpensive to be a member uh you know they basically operated at a loss it was you know a lot of people in Akron referred to to it as Firestone's blimp you know Goodyear had the blimp we had the golf course you know and it was kind of <laughs> like that and and uh um you know it was a very sad day when they when Firestone Tire sold the club it just got to that point with uh in the business world where you know you you can't operate things at a loss anymore you know and it's you know, it was it was a very sad day when my father passed away about I think six years ago now. Uh, I found in his desk he still had the letter that he received from Firestone that said your membership will be terminated. You will not be offered a chance to rejoin the club. And you know, it was just that you know, when you think about it, there was probably I think we had 1,200 members, so 1,200 people got that letter. <laughs> you know that, and a lot of animosity there for a few years as well. I'm sure. I mean, to lose something so, so special. Um, but, you know, and then having it maintained all these years and we'll get to obviously the story history. Uh, last thing I found of interest in some of my uh, research was that it was busy, you know, when Harvey Firestone first laid out the South with Bert, Bert Way, I think in 1924. And then he um, started building the North course, which, you know, many still contest is the better golf course at Firestone Country Club. And I think I'm in that boat. Uh, but but he uh, but then the depression hits. And I, I found this pretty uplifting part of the story, which is most golf courses halted uh, development. Um, Firestone was still, you know, one of the places that obviously had to make uh, tremendous cuts in the depression. And a lot of people lost their job. But uh, Harvey and and uh, the folks that were laying out the golf course, Burt Way and others, they they said we're going to continue, we're going to continue doing it, and we're going to make this portion of the uh, the, the facility public uh, because there's going to be a lot of folks out of work and uh, needing a place to to go relax and and I, it just made me think of the current times, quite honestly, Dick, and and with 
COVID. And I, I know people that, you know, uh, have lost their jobs or are transitioning or having a tougher time to this. They, uh, they are turning to golf and, and they go out there, they clear their head for four hours and, and they enjoy it. And I just thought, wow, how history repeats itself, you know, way back then, uh, Harvey was thinking about the exact same thing for, for the people of Akron. Yeah, that's for sure. And, you know, he also used a lot of the tire builders and such when they weren't working back in that time to do a lot of the maintenance and building out here as well. You know, it's, uh, and it's uh, one of those stories that, you know, I'm glad that you found it because it's lost on so many people. I tell people, but you know, people don't know that, you know, it's, uh, um, it's a good story. It's, you know, it's, um, you know, it's, I, I just, you know, when you think about it, that, you know, Harvey, you know, loved golf <laughs> when it was, you know, maybe an elite just game, maybe a little bit back then, um, so to speak, but also, you know, he, he had friends that played and, and, you know, he, that's what he thought that he wanted his employees to be that he didn't want it to be an elitist game. And uh, he accomplished it, you know, for sure. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. I mean, you know, the thing, one of the things, another thing that I remember so much about playing golf here as a, as a, you know, growing up, it were, you know, you'd see the tire builders playing golf right next to the executives. You know, there was no, um, no, it was complete diversity, I guess is the best way to put it, you know, and it was, uh, um, you wouldn't even be able to tell them apart half the time only, you know, only because I probably knew, you know, it's, it's, you know, the only way. Yeah. I, I, I kept thinking of the same thing, Dick, when thinking of the structure of this and how someone on the assembly line could be out there playing, you know, in the group or group behind the, the, the CEOs and the C-suites of, of Firestone Tire and Rubber. I, I, I thought that's, yeah, that must have been different. I mean, that's certainly not found that often in, in the country clubs of today. Right. Correct. That's for sure. You know, it's uh, uh, another little little thing that they did every year was Harvey, you know, they did have a cap on the membership. So not every employee of the tire company could join. You know, there was a waiting list. There. I think my dad probably back in the mid sixties, I think he had to wait at least a year before he could uh, actually join once he applied. Um, but uh, they did an event once a year that every single employee of the tire company that wanted to could come out and play in a golf outing. It was just a Firestone tire and rubber company golf outing general for all employees. And uh, you know, we, we used to, when I started working here, which we'll get to in, in a minute, uh, we called it the tennis shoe open, you know, because these guys would come out and just everybody would come out and play nine holes, whether they ever swung a golf club or swung a golf club once a year for this or whatever. And, and it, it was really cool, but they would literally start the tee times at the break of dawn and they held it to nine holes only because they, I know that they, we put well over 2000 people through the golf courses. You know, that was when we had the North and South. I think he started it when it was just the South, but, but it was just amazing the people that would come through and just play that nine holes and everybody wanted to do it, you know, because it was, it was that day when, you know, everybody could do it, you know, secretaries, you know, everybody. Wow. Wow. That, that must've been quite a sight. Oh yeah, it was, it was. <laughs> and the grounds crew was probably kind of cringing, like hiding. They don't take divots out of our, out of our greens, please. Yeah. Yeah. They still deal with that with some of the outings, but. So when do, yeah, of course, Wait, every club, no golf course is safe from, from uh, the duffers of the world, um, but they're all welcome. Uh, so you, you started working at Firestone. When did that happen? Well, I actually hired in. I was still 15 years old. I remember because I had to get a work permit. It was in uh, June of 1974. I was in high school. I hired in as a busboy here. Uh, and uh, obviously at that time still playing as a junior golfer here too as well it was kind of cool because I was spending even more time around here and uh um and it was fun you know those those Firestone years I remember very fondly they were high school and and college years and uh I never had any dream that I was going to stay here it was never it was never the goal or the the um uh end, res end result I was looking for uh most of it boiled down to just the economy in the area you know, at, at the time when I graduated from the University of Akron, and 
the unemployment rate was close to 20% because of all the tire manufacturing moving out, ironically. And I decided to stick around and see what happened. Uh, went to work at, you know, the club was sold, as I mentioned previously, went to work for Club Corp and ended up staying and became a great gig. And I love it. Love, love the place, love the people, everything about it. So you um, were as a busboy. I didn't. I didn't know that. Uh, I just assumed that you you got your your uh, special seat there in the locker room where everyone else gets to know you so well. But what uh, what other odd jobs did you did you work? Well, I actually I worked as a busboy. Then I worked as a grill cook in the grill room. Then I worked as a bartender at first uh, in the grill room and then for private parties mostly banquets moved over to that side a little bit and was actually a banquet captain or banquet manager uh before i came upstairs that was that was all took place during the firestone days and when i came to, when club corp bought the club the first couple of years it was very lean we had very few members very 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 quiet around here 81 82 uh not you know, not a lot of people playing golf uh, not a lot going on. They were trying to drive a corporate membership. You, they, were, they weren't taking in any individual members. I think the first year we had 50 members, roughly 50 members. The second year it jumped to about 80. And then um, after that, it took off. But um, at that time, I did about everything. I was a bartender. I worked in the locker room. I worked um, in the pro shop, actually, a little bit. Worked all over, just wherever somebody was needed. I was one of the few people that were held over from the Firestone uh, tires uh, days. So got a little taste of everything back then, including a little bit on the grounds crew as well. My only stint on the grounds crew. Can, can you confirm that my father was, was a decent cutter of greens? Always. Well, he was, but he was doing that a little bit before my time. You know? Okay. All right. Yeah. You just, so that's right. I forgot how old he is. He really is old, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, um, yeah, I do remember, you know, the other thing, I think it was 1978, they, uh, um, the United rubber workers went on strike. It was a big strike and it was in the summer. And so our grounds crew here was actually part of the United rubber workers. So they were on strike as well. So they brought some of us from the clubhouse out to mow everything, greens, tea, you know, the whole run and it was uh kind of funny because i think i remember one guy drove a tractor into the lake <laughs> and some other little things happened and and our greenskeeper was was he was mowing the greens i think because he didn't trust anybody else to mow the greens so he was mowing all 18 or 36 greens every day just to keep us all off of them you know but it was uh we we made it it was pretty funny but i do remember those days that's good. There's some slopes out there. Probably about a two-week strike, too. So it was not just a couple days. It was... Yeah, if you don't know what you're doing with a mower out there, I could see you getting in a lake pretty pretty easily, especially on the north with some of those yeah. slopes. Yeah. Uh, so the courses themselves, over all this time, Dick, what was it like to see them transform around you? You know, obviously, it's a, it's a different uh, landscape than what it was when you showed up at, at eight years old and, and – uh, at that time, what um, what was it like to see see the courses grow and, and evolve? Oh well, you know it was. Uh, I guess the best word to, to say would probably be it was meaningful to me. Um, I, you know, the South Course, the the Sacred Championship Golf Course. Uh, if you look at it today, you don't see a lot of dissimilarities from when I first came here, except maybe some less less trees. But still, a lot of a lot of awfully big trees <laughs> out there. Um, the biggest change on the South Course are the 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 back tees. The professional tees are now much further back than they used to. Holes like number eight and nine used to play around 400 yards and were considered long on the you know for tour players and you know professional golfers. And now they're stretched to uh, right around 500 yards and they're not considered as long for professional golfers, but, um, you know, to me, you know, there's always that great pride in the South course, the way it looks, the way it is. Um, 
traditional golf course. I've had the the uh, opportunity to play a lot of places around the around the country, a lot of classic old golf courses, and I think I've always thought the South Course stands up with any of them. You know, it's a par 70, 7,400 yards. You know, it's uh, it's right there with them all. Uh, moving across the street to the North Course, I remember when it was built. So I actually, it's when I first started playing golf here, it was under construction. Uh, the, the public course you had mentioned previously sat on some of the ground where the, the North Course is now and somewhere our new public course is. <coughs> Excuse me. But uh, it was great. It, it was really cool watching the North Course be built. And obviously, a, um, a world-renowned architect, Robert Trent Jones, uh, designed and built the golf course. And I still, I remember when it opened. I remember I played it the first year it was open and I thought it was so cool. Water on 13 holes, you know, it's, uh, it, uh, it's there, you know, and it's, uh, you know, playing it since it, the very beginning, you know, it's, uh, I, I've kind of got it blocked out, but I know so often I've played with people that never played before. I've talked to, you know, guys every day that are playing it for the first time. And I know it's so hard to block that water out, but it, it's kind of like I grew up around it, but I, I, I agree with what you mentioned earlier. I put the North course on the same level as the South course. I think it's a, I think it's a great golf course. I think it stands up with most championship golf courses around the country. And, you know, we, we have had held two professional golf tournaments on it. So, you know, it was uh, the, the only issues with holding a, a professional golf tournament on it are, um, maneuverability of the fans around the finishing holes. And that's why they kind of, you know, don't, haven't done it more. But then I also, in 1989, that was, that opened in 1969. In 1989, we opened the original West course. And I don't know if you remember the original Matt or not. I, I it was do. A, yeah. It was a real, it was a really neat golf course, kind of an executive golf course, kind of a little tricked up, but, but it was, it was really a cool golf course. And, uh, um, one thing I didn't mention, a hat that I, not, a new hat that I'm wearing is now the club archivist. And uh, I uh, dug out a lot of old artwork and a lot of old things, including an aerial view of the property with a layout of the old West golf course on it. And I would say probably 75% of our membership now, um, well over 75% of our senior staff now, have had never seen a layout of the old West golf course. It's pretty amazing because it wasn't that long ago, but, uh, um, but played it a lot because that was, you know, it wasn't as popular as the other two. So it was always open. So when we went to go out and play, that's where we went. Obviously the redesign in 2002 by Tom Fazio took it to another level. And I think that it's right there with the other two, you know, it's a little bit, a little bit, um, easier, easier playability, a uh, little bit more open, uh, but it was, it's definitely heads and tails above the, the original layout, which uh, was not as popular, I guess, is the best way to put it. A lot of people liked it, but I think there was just an, as many that didn't, which is why uh, Club Corp invested in a complete redo. Yeah. Yeah. The, I, most of my, childhood memories are from the West for the, I think for the simple reason that you stated, which is it was never busy. <laughs> and so my dad could take his knucklehead right. kids out and, and let us tear up, you know, the, the shorter, uh, more quirky, definitely quirky, uh, West course. And, and when they tore it up, you know, when, when Fazio and, and Bo Welling came in to tear it up in 02, I was uh, in, in at the peak of, of obsession with score and, and golf. And I, I, you know, I, I definitely missed it. There's some sentimental value for me on the West, but uh, you know what those guys came up with probably made it a more well-rounded, fuller, uh, much fuller golf course. Uh, yeah. Which is, I, I agree. Which I, agree. I had a hard time admitting for a long time. <laughs> so did, so did I. Yeah. So did I. Yeah. But it's, 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 it's stood up very well. Now that it's matured, those greens on the, on the West are as good as any greens around, you know, and that's, that's a big a key component of any golf course, I think. Yeah. yeah. And as aesthetically, you have some of the best views on the property on a course yeah. that, you know, is, is um, kind of thought of third, but definitely some of the best views on the golf course. Um, back to the, 
the South Course. So, and we got to get to the tournament history of Firestone, obviously. But sure. um, you know the uh, the changes there. I think you know people have kind of uh, a lot a lot of architecture aficionados. I'll call them. They kind of will will say that the the um, South is more of a one dimensional, you know, big, long, brute, like you said, seventy five hundred par seventy type golf course. Um, and that, you know, the movement or the trend in, in golf is kind of shifted towards, uh, more strategic, uh, types of golf versus the penal version of golf where, you know, if you don't hit the shot, you, you, you don't have your option and you take your bogey and you, and you move on. Um, I, I wonder, Dick, what do you, what, what is your thoughts on, on Firestone country or the South course specifically in the world of, uh, kind of where golf is has moved well i like to say it's has stood the test of time it holds up well you know and 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 the 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 best reference i can have for that are the tour players and have knowing the tour players on somewhat of a personal level now for quite some time and listening to them talk with maybe their, their guard down a little bit, maybe in a locker room or, or whatever, to a man, they so appreciate the South Golf Course and playing a golf course like the South Golf Course. They'd rather not be 20 under par winning a tournament if they're playing a good golf course. And, you know, we, I, I just think that, you know, over the years, the, 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 greens keepers we've had the the staff we've had the design work that's been done have kept the south course at that level you know it's a um you know when when the world golf championships went away after the 2018 bridgestone invitational the the guys just were were so they, it was like they were broken hearted that they weren't going to be coming back to firestone to play golf at least in the short run and you know, I heard it from so many, you know, it wasn't just a couple, it was so many, you know, and it was, uh, and, and they were sincere that, you know, I heard it last year when some of them were asked before the, the event that basically took our spot, they, um, you know, mentioned that they weren't going to be going back to Firestone and they were just quite disappointed in that. I, like I say, I think that's the best example right there. You know, it's, uh, um, you, they don't, they, they, they want a good test of golf. And I, and that, you know, I guess once again, another phrase, but that's what, that's kind of, of what I look at the South course. It's a great test of golf. Absolutely. You know, you're, if you're, if you're not at the top of your game, you're not going to play well there. And, and yeah, uh, I, I, gonna I, show. I've, you know, it's, a, I've rarely thought of Firestone in its entirety in terms of golf. Cause you know, growing up in, in Akron and, and you're going to one of the courses, you, you kind of plan on that day of golf, right? Um, but this this trip we're taking with uh, the new club folks is it's it's a weekend. And, you know, I've never really spent, other than my wedding, Dick, I never really spent like a weekend out there. And, and so that we weren't playing golf the whole time, regardless of what my wife might say. We weren't playing golf the whole time. And I'm thinking right. about this this upcoming weekend with all three golf courses and I mean, that's, that's exceptionally rare that at the same site you get where you can be on, on site, you can stay in the locker room, hang out with you. You have three so different golf courses from totally different um, time periods. You know, one built in the twenties, the sixties, and basically the two thousands. And, and they play so different. And, and I always kind of try to dumb it down to say, you know, the South is your, your U.S. Open, your PGA Championship, your test of golf. It is going to test your your precision of, of pretty much every part of your game. The uh, the North is going to be the heroic course. How much can you, you you know, 13 holes with water, plenty of force carries. you got to hit a lot of hero shots out there and, and be courageous to some pins. And then on the West course, it's by far the most playable of the golf courses and – uh, I guess you could argue more fun in, in that regard, but more strategic and a lot, tons of width, tons of angles. And, and I just think um, I haven't, I, I just came to this conclusion basically last night looking at this and I go, wow, that's actually pretty cool. It's very cool. And, 
and anytime we, we, you know, we have a group like yours coming in, it's, I just, I think they're so lucky when they get to see all golf courses, obviously the South course is busy every day. We have a lot of, uh, one day visitors and the South course is the one that most that everybody wants to play. It's the tournament golf course. And even, uh, so far as, a, uh, you know, overnighter, you know, you know, most often it's the South and the North and they don't see the West, but they have the, the opportunity to play all three is to me, it's the, the ultimate, you know, uh, trip or visit because, you're right. They're three distinctly different golf courses you, and it, you're, you're, you get all parts of your game or anybody's game involved on all three, you know, and it's, 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 it's funny to hear guys, you know, I've seen, seen so many groups of groups of guys, you know, when, when they're finished playing, when they come in for a drink or whatever, and they, you, you can listen to 10 guys. You're going to have three guys say the South course was their favorite three guys or four guys say the North course and a couple say the West, you know, it's, it's you, you, very rarely is it ever unanimous. And that's, that's, I guess, a testament to, to what we do have. And, you know, what makes us so proud um, is the level of golf we have all the way around. You know, it's, I think we're the only 54 hole golf facility in the Midwest. And it's uh, um, to be able to have that. I've played so many places and not to take a, away from any of them where you play two golf courses and, they're so similar. Sometimes you don't even realize you're on a, another different golf courses in here. There, that never happens. Yeah, <laughs> you <laughs> definitely know which golf course you're on, and I, I know you know that from from being here. But um, you know, I hear those comments all the time. Guys say, "Wow, you know, you don't even feel like you're in the same state some of the times when you're on a different golf." Course. That's that's very true. You really don't. I mean, you certainly don't feel like you're in South Akron for any of them, but. Correct. <laughs> uh, it's like traveling from, from street to street, basically. Uh, let's get to the tournament. Uh, the, all of the, the, the breadth of history with the, the professional golf in Akron, Ohio, being hosted at Firestone Country Club. And you've been a big part of a lot of these events. So I'm going to read just some of these, uh, the lists of different events. Because, you know, in my, growing up, I carried the signs for uh, the tour pros and uh, volunteer yeah. for basically the world series of golf that then became the world golf championship. That was all I knew, but from, you know, research, it starts with the rubber city open, then the America, the American golf classic, uh, the CBS golf classic, the world series of golf, which evolved quite a bit. And I have some questions for you on the Bridgestone uh -huh. invitational, the WGCs, and then three PGA championships mixed in, and now the, the senior players. So uh, I don't know where to start, Dick, but for me, um, for our audience, what, what was your favorite event to, to reflect on? What's one that you have just a ton of memories from? Well, I, 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 I'd have to say if, if, the, if I had to pick a single – I hate to even pick a single event because I can mention a couple you know, that were special to me. Uh, for me, um, I grew up kind of a big Jack Nicklaus fan, and when he won the 1975 PGA Championship here, was my second year here, still young, still a high school kid, and um, I had the opportunity to meet Jack when I was young, and, and not that I knew him that well or anything, but it was just, he was kind of my golf hero, and he won a, a major championship here at Firestone. And that was really cool to me. It was cool, you know, that um, that he'd won here, at, you know, at a place where I grew up, at a place where I played, and and uh, guess kind of, you know, looked at as a special place. Um, I, I do want to mention probably a, a, my second favorite uh, would have been the 1983 World Series of Golf which was the expanded form, not the four man form, but it was when Nick Price won because it was Nick's first time in the country. He kind of befriended uh, some of us in the locker room. And when he won out of, came out of nowhere to win, uh, he came in and said that he wanted, didn't have any friends here to, to, to celebrate with except for us. So we ended up sitting in the locker room until probably 11 or midnight that night, drinking beer with him and, 
celebrating with him. And out of that grew a lifelong friendship. Nick and I are still good friends. We speak fairly regularly and I know he's only a phone call away and, and um, he has Firestone definitely has a special place in his heart because it was his first tour win first time in the country. And at the time, a 10 year exemption on the tour, which um, he attributes to winning his four major championships. So that that ranks right up there. Those are those two probably are the ones that hold that special place, I guess. Does uh, so years afterwards would would Nick get comfy in those locker room chairs and just oh yeah have a few oh yeah yeah Nick Nick Nick's a good guy. He was always <clears throat> as I said he was very friendly to, to everybody. That's his, his nature. It wasn't anything special, but we just happened to be the guys, you know, and it just grew out of that. Um, kind of a little bit personal relationship. We both had three kids and our kids are the exact same age. Um, we, we talk about stuff like that. Uh, my son's in the aviation industry. Nick's a pilot. They've, they've uh, run into each other here and there around the country and uh, just, you know, special things like that to just pop up. Um, I, I'll give you a couple examples. Nick, when, when the, uh, um, my son was a, uh, graduated from Ohio State University, he was in the aviation management program, working out at the Ohio State Airport. When the um, world team won the President's Cup at Muirfield, uh, they flew in and out of the Ohio State Airport when they, when they went back to fly out after with the trophy. My son was working on the tarmac that night and saw Nick and said, hi, Nick knew him right away. And... Next thing you know, he, my son's sending us pictures of him with the the Europe, the world team and holding the trophy with them all gathered out in front of the plane. There, too. It was pretty cool. And Nick did that at the Masters, too, when, when he was down there, when Pat was working down there. So, wow. You know, it's just, yeah, it's, he's genuine, you know, and it's just obviously goes a long way with me and probably anybody that knows him. Yeah. You know, Firestone has been, uh, just the international nature of the tournament. Uh, through some of this research, I realized that, that story of Nick Price's first trip over and his first um, win in the United States, it's, it's not uncommon. There was so many international players who kind of came onto the, uh, the world stage or maybe the American stage, probably more appropriately, um, through these events and where it fell on the calendar too. And it's it's interesting because I think about my childhood, Dick, and some of my all-time favorite, uh, you know, volunteering to carry the signs, the score, scoreboards, they were all with international players. And my, I talked to my buddies that carried the signs, and we, you know, we're not overtly rooting for the internationals in the Ryder Cup, but we're pretty darn close. And a lot of it has to do with how, how nice some of these international players were to us as, as kids. And, um, you know, in the, in the 90s and 2000s, they were just – uh, just seem to be more engaging. I mean, that that's my, my opinion. I will. Yeah. I will tell you, first of all, I carried those signs when I was a kid too, for the, in the old American golf classic. So that was always fun as well. But uh, I'm, I'm just like you, the Ryder cup, the president's cup. It's really hard for me to root for the Americans all the time. And not that, that I don't dislike the Americans. It's just that some of my favorites are on the other side and, and I just always, I guess you like to say I'm pulling for a good match, you know, and it's, uh, right. but, but I've, you know, there's so many, so many that I've met and, you know, because of the international flair of our tournaments for years, um, there so many that I call friends and, and got to know so well that it, it, it is very difficult to root against them. So what do you think it was that made Firestone such a popular destination for tournament golf? Well, I think it was just uh, probably pretty much, you know, that when they started the Rubber City Open, and I feel bad because I'm drawing a blank here. You know, they started it, the Rubber City Open was originally played on a golf course, Matt, that is up, and your dad will kill us both, well, kill me for not knowing, but it was on um, the hill where Chapel Hill Mall is now. Uh, Bray, it started with a P, but um, I should have done a little a, more. A B or a P? Brookledge? No, it started with a B. It, they, they, they closed it before they built Chapel Hill Mall. It was literally right where the mall is. Okay. Um, but uh, they played, I think they played the Rubber City Open there two years. When it, that was, you know, at first. And then 
um, they decided they wanted a better, stronger, more competitive venue. And I, I believe that Firestone Tire and Rubber Company just offered up the South Course, which was, you know, um, a way of getting into the professional golf business. I don't think anybody at that time saw what it would grow into for sure. But after hosting the Rubber City Open from 1954 to 1959, you know, Firestone made a name for itself in the professional golf world. You know, it, it, it uh, at all before that, you know, except, you know, in our general area, but enough of a name that, that the PGA of America decided to host the PGA championship here in 1960. And, that was, you know, Firestone brought in um, Robert Trent Jones, senior, to redesign the South. I, I don't want to say redesign. It was more of a, um upgrade the golf course to um, make it major championship caliber. And it is what we see, what you see today for the most part is what Robert Trent Jones did in 1959, 1960, preparing for that, that tournament. Not much has changed at all. The greens have changed uh, a little bit. They had to be rebuilt in 1985. And the although they tried to stick to the original design as much as possible, some of the greens were changed. Mostly they were made smaller uh, than, believe it or not, a lot of the greens on the south are maybe only half or two-thirds the size they used to be. Wow. Wow. Yeah, you can tell. I mean, it's, it's that precision. Uh, I didn't know that that came later, though, because yeah. Robert Trent Jones Sr., that was kind of his wheelhouse, though, was going – I, I, I started looking at the list. He was basically following around the U.S. Open and the PGA Championship and upgrading all these courses a couple years in advance right. of, their, of their hosting. Yeah, and I think he was one of the first. Now that's pretty common with some of these guys, you know, that – uh, some of the top designers, Gil Hans, Crenshaw, Core Crenshaw, you know, that's what they're, they're, a lot of them are doing now. But, you know, I think probably because of the changes in equipment and the ball, obviously, around that time, the late 50s, early 60s, Trent, Robert Trent Jones was probably the first that that was whatever you call it, the, uh, the open doctor, you know, different phrases they have for the guys, you know, but, uh, um, they just had to make the courses a little tougher, you know, and, and, uh, but I, like I said, I think he did a great job here and what he did to, to make it where it is. And from 1960 to what, 2020, it's basically the same golf course. Yeah. The, uh, the one in that mix. So, you know, all those years of consecutive golf, I think there's only one other um, tour stop. It's uh, Colonial is the only other one that's had more years than uh, Firestone did as consecutive uh, host of PGA Tour events and, and majors. Um, and, you know, in that mix, I, I agree. Like I said, I grew up with the World Series of Golf. I always kind of knew it as, uh, as a pure international field, you know, 60 some winners from the year prior. Um, but it started, it looked like, with four. It was just the major champs. The World Series of Golf was. Is that right? Correct. Yeah, 1962. It was a 36-hole, uh, basically classified as an exhibition. It was the four major winners. And then I, I believe it was something, two of its first three years, we, we had dual major winners, guys that won two majors, so only three guys played in it. So then they uh, created a new criteria um, to include some default tournaments to follow so that they could have the four. And I know the Canadian open was the fifth tournament, uh, the, the first qualifier if there were dual winners and then there were a couple others thereafter, but I know the Canadian open winner played in it a couple of times. So, but it, it, that was a cool event. I remember watching that as a kid and, um, actually work, you know, working here with that event. And it, it was, uh, um, it was fun. It was not anywhere near the intensity or the, uh, I guess, complexity of the regular tour, even the regular tour events. 
that we held here, let alone the majors. But it was a fun, you know, I think we had such a good mix because like you said, the Rubber City Open, which actually evolved into the American Golf Classic as a regular tour stop. Three PGA championships. Obviously, you're proud of that. We had, one you didn't mention is we had the senior PGA championship in 2002. Um, the, um, the World Series of Golf was the four-man event until through 1975. 1976 is when they expanded that field to include the international players and became a, a tour-sponsored event. And then went through various evolutions. The NEC World first sponsored by NEC. Then it became a World Golf Championship event, the NEC Invitational, and then obviously to the Bridgestone Invitational, <clears throat> which to me were the, of all of them, including the majors, I, I think that when, once we became a World Golf Championship event, I think that was the premier, premier, uh, the, the, whatever you want to call it, the summit of, of everything. We would never downplay the, the PGA championships, but the World Golf Championships, uh, it, we had such a strong field, you know, when we got to that. It was basically the best 80 players in the world, year after year. And, you know, it was just, it was so cool because you, you saw these guys always at the top of their game. You always had the players at the top of their game year after year, which to me, at my age, as long as I've been here, you know, being used to regular tour events and, you know, maybe somewhat diluted fields, to see, get them all together, it was just a great thing. So obviously, it was equally as hard to see it go away. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll get to kind of its, its departure and what's what's transpired since. But uh, you know, no one all those years, no one got to probably have. There's probably one other guy, uh, Paul, who had the the front row seat that you did, and being able to to see the demeanor of all these the world's best, no matter all the, you know, if we're talking about every single one of these tournaments, there was never a year that was like a second tier uh, event every year for those years. It was the best players in the world. That's why Tiger yeah. wins there eight times. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's so cool to be in a town like, like Akron, Ohio. And I know that's why, you know, so many people were, were, were painfully hurt when it left. But, um, but I wanted to ask you about players demeanor because you mentioned intensity you know, how, how do you, when you're in the locker room, you're seeing all these guys, like, do you see somebody on a Tuesday and you go, oh yeah, he's got that walk. He looks like he's going to get it this week. I, you know, I, it's funny you asked that that way because I have seen that, you know, and it's, uh, um, I'll get to Tiger last, but I, I, I kind of really saw it with uh, Jose Maria Ola Babel quite a bit, actually both times he won here because he won the, event the year we held it on the north course the, the nec invitational and he also won on the south course and was the first player to shoot 61 on the south course which was pretty amazing uh um but it's uh uh he kind of had that and you know uh i attributed a lot of that to his mentoring by seve ballesteros um because seve was very intense very focused Focused is the word that I use with him because I've saw him play here as well. And, and uh, I kind of saw that in Olathebel, you know, and, and obviously the years that he played well here, you know, he had it. Um, I saw it with a few others uh, along the way. But Tiger would be the one that the example that I always use when I tell people, you know, it's you saw it when Tiger came in the locker room in the morning or before his round, he was kind of like already in the zone and he didn't, there wasn't time for small talk. Even, I mean, let alone the staff, the other players, you know, when you saw it, everybody kind of left him alone and let him go about his business. And if he, he, you know, we feed the players in the locker room. We have, you know, full range of everything up here for the players. And, you know, so some are hanging around, some are doing whatever, watch a little TV, eat, whatever. He would eat up here just about every single day. He did, and uh, But usually by himself. But by the time he walked out the door to go to the driving range to play his round, he, I never, have never seen it in anybody else in my life, in any uh, walk of life, but the, the zone that he had himself in. And obviously, 
we all know what who Tiger Woods is and how his career has has gone and and you know it's just it's just it was amazing to me. I read a story once at the Masters when he walked out of the clubhouse at the Masters to go play his round. He it was basically a lead into a story in Sports Illustrated where they said the man and the woman were standing under the big oak tree waiting to maybe get a glance from Tiger to wish him luck on in his round and 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 he completely ignored them and it was his mother and Phil Knight. You know, that's just the way, the way he was. And I, when I read that, I was like, yep, I know that. I know that how that is. And, and uh, you know, I, 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 I you, you see it in guys, Greg Norman was kind of that way. Uh, even though he didn't have a lot of success, you saw it in many, but um, getting back to um, what you said about the international players and some of their success here, like when Nick won, Gosh, Nick was the easiest going person in the world. When Dennis Watson won the easiest going person in the world, you never saw any uptightness in them. You know, when they, when Rory won, gosh, you know, you would have never known he was in a battle like that. Um, You know, so I think it's kind of goes back to those guys being a little looser on the tours in general. And when people ask me how the locker room is up here during the tournament week, I always say, well, you got the Americans over here and the, the Europeans over here. And, the Europeans are yucking it up and having fun and the Americans are so much more serious, you know, it's almost like there's more pressure on them or something, but, but you know, equally as nice. I got friends on both sides, but I mean, it's just, it's kind of funny how that dynamic works. Yeah. I, I, all the time um, as a kid, I didn't realize what, what I was witnessing, uh, you know, being out there. I never got Tigers group for the sign carrying, but I was there on the other days and, you know, everything would be busy, but you could still, I think the beauty of maybe the, the way the South is laid out in, a way, in, in one way for spectators is you could hustle up to NET and see a shot. And I, I've been to other venues where that is not the case. And it's kind of the, the nature of the routing there. But um, man, was I able to, and I shared this video with our members of uh, the YouTube clips of Tiger's uh, shots at Firestone over the years. Oh, yeah. Because what's so fun of about it from being, you know, your, your normal human golfer <laughs> is you'll hit it in some of these spots where Tiger was. And the shots that he pulled off from where he was on that golf course, I mean, it's, it, it's unreal. It's, it's just, even today, oh, yeah. like these guys are so good, but I just don't see anybody being able to pull off the, the shots that he's hit. And everyone knows the one in the dark, you know, where he puts it to a foot. It was you know, the, the old time old joke of the cameras make it look lighter than it seems. It was literally black out. I mean, oh, you yeah. couldn't see a it thing. Was. It was black. And, and I remember asking someone when we were standing there and uh, where is it? Where is it? We couldn't see the ball. We didn't know where it was. And then finally there's enough cameras going off that you could see a ball just sitting, you know, a foot next to the hole. And uh, it's, it's miraculous stuff. And I, I just, it's so cool to look back on now, obviously with his uh, most of his career behind him and, um, so many of those moments happened right there at Firestone. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, you know, when I, when I, um, when you know the course well, and you mentioned Paul earlier, Paul and I, you know, um, you know, it worked together for so long. He was, he actually worked here at the club for 59 years. He started working in the bag room, cleaning golf clubs and then worked his way up, uh, preceded me in managing the locker room. And, and uh, you know, he's, you know, got knows so much history between the two of us. We're just trying to revive all that. But, you know, why, when you watch someone like Tiger play this golf course, when he first came here, when he first played, and like you said, we've both watched that YouTube uh, of his best shots. You know, we're looking at it thinking, gosh, nobody's ever been there before. <laughs> nobody's <laughs> had that shot before. Yeah, nobody's there. done what he's done. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's incredible. I mean, it goes way beyond the new equipment and the new better balls and all that thing. You know, it was just amazing watching him, um, you know, and it, you know, but it was all equally fun to watch him, you know, to, to see this, you know, it's, uh, you know, you, you all have your favorites and, you know, different things like that. And, you know, to watch him come on the scene and do what he did, obviously he just in the golf industry, uh, golf in general, you know, Tiger revived it. He revived it and made it uh, meaningful for so many people and so many people that probably didn't think they would ever, you know, have the opportunity to play golf, you know, and that type of thing. So, 
Yeah. Yeah. He made it cool. Uh, my generation was that wheelhouse of, um, you know, you played other sports and golf wasn't necessarily that, that, uh, cool element to it. Um, but when Tiger went out in the, in the way that he did with the swagger of someone like a Michael Jordan and just dominated with that focus you mentioned, uh, I know watching it as a kid, there was a shot in particular, he hit it, he hit it so far right on 18, uh, on like a Thursday or Friday round in the afternoon. And he's in that thick rough um, to the right of, of the oaks and the pines uh, of 18, almost to, almost to 10 fairway. And he hit a shot that, you know, I thought he's standing over it and thinking to myself, okay, he's, he's probably just kind of loft a lob wedge over into the, into the back end of the fairway or, um, but he's kind of aimed a little right. And he just took a lash at this thing out of the, out of a lie that you couldn't really see the ball and hit a towering draw <laughs> over, yeah. over, you know, fans, trees, everything. And with so much speed and so much confidence and the ball landed like a butterfly. And I just said, Oh, golf is golf is different. This is cool. This is, this is like, that was like making a, uh, three pointer at the buzzer. Like that is, um, and, and I just, there was no going back for me. I mean, that was just like, yeah, I, I am a golfer now. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I, yeah, I, th- I think he had that effect on a lot of people, you know, because he, you know, and the key word in that whole, uh, story is confidence. You yeah. Know, he, he just oozed confidence, you know, and it's, uh, you know, you see, I, you know, I probably equally saw as much fragility in people that, uh, you know, that there's probably more guys that I, you know, probably said, Oh, I don't think he's going to, you know, win this week because he just didn't look either mentally or, or prepared or whatever. You see that a little bit, you learn, you know, I couldn't have done that when I was a kid, but I could do it now pretty well, you know, and it's, uh, um, you know, it's, uh, you, you have to, you have to be, have somewhat focus and they're as good as these guys are nowadays, you know, it's, uh, um, a necessity. What are some of those stories, Dick? Do any, any come to mind? Cause I think, I think as golfers, we, we can far more, uh, relate to the, <laughs> the fragile side of, of our egos versus, you know, the, the confident focused tiger swagger is there any moments that you maybe recall of like a a bad beat out there or somebody that well yeah i just i saw so many so many guys and you know that just you know it's uh you know maybe you know feeling good feeling great you know excited to be here and then just coming in even after a practice round you know and just thinking oh my god what did i get myself into or you know it's you know it's just it, it you know it's uh especially when they started lengthening the golf course, you know, it's, uh, it, you know, but you, that, that's what I mean in general. You just kind of see it. Um, I, sorry, I can't think of too many specific instances, except just guys, you could kind of tell right away if they got it or they don't for that particular week, just by their demeanor, you know, and it's, uh, um, you, there's certain guys like Phil Mickelson for one that I think of, you know, he usually, has always played pretty well here, you know, because he likes the golf course. That's, you know, I guess that's another way to look at it too. You know, guys come in here and they like the golf course, you know, and whether it's the first time or, or 15th time, you know, Phil always liked the golf course and pretty much the same demeanor, no matter how he played, you know, and I think that's equally as important. You know, if guys let it, let it get to them, you know, I just don't see them having much of a chance and usually mostly right. You know, it's, um, yeah, you know, it's not, it's, it's relentless, I guess. You know, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, most, most definitely. Um, and when you look at some of those winning scores of those times, uh, yeah, it was right up there before the, the PGA really started, um, making, uh, the, the courses more, uh, more to the same, if you will, week over week, kind of their, their, their guidelines and consistency of conditioning. I mean, there was a lot of tournaments won in, in single digits uh, under par, you know, two, three, yeah. four under. Uh, sure. How are you with years? If I quizzed you on some years, would you be able to recall some of these outcomes of these events? 
Um, I'll try. Go ahead. I don't have it in front of me, so I'm not cheating. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a softball to start. 1975. 1975, Jack Nicklaus won the uh, um, World Series. I mean, the PGA Championship. And Tom Watson won the World Series of Golf, I believe. Yep, you got it. And Yeah. And actually, 75, I'm not sure. Sh- okay, so, yeah, just those two in 75, I believe. CBS Golf Classic? No. No. Not 75. No. I think, oh, actually, sorry, I tripped you up. 75 was the Nicholas, and I believe, I don't have it in front of me, but wasn't it a year or two later they had three tournaments there in the same year? It was in 1976. Maybe? 76, yep. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Must have been a good PGA for the for three different groups coming back to Firestone in the same year. Um, let's go, what about 1998? Do you remember that one? 1998 was, uh, let me think, let me think. Uh, was that the last NEC, David Duvall, maybe? You got it. David Duvall yeah, beats okay. Phil Mickelson by two shots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. David, that was the David Duvall. Was, was that was the when he was still first number WGC. one in the world. Yeah, first first ever WGC. They they okay. said goodbye to the World Series of Golf in in uh, ninety seven, and then ninety eight. That was it. Uh, let's go with what about two thousand and one. Um, let me think. Nine, Tiger Woods. That's right. Because yep. that was his third in a row, I believe. Yep. Jim Furyk. I know he won his first in '99. Jim Furyk was in in control for most of the week, holding the lead at the end of uh, the first three rounds, and then on Sunday, Tiger took the lead for the first time early, and then they went back and forth uh, until forcing a sudden death playoff. And so I remember this one. Yeah, yeah Furyk. Furyk actually made one of the most amazing shots I've ever seen out here to force the playoff. <laughs> yeah. And I got the back bunker on 18. Yeah. And, and, and play, having being very playful tiger and his, uh, you know, him and Furyk obviously just had an awesome battle and they're ribbing each other uh, throughout, but in the, in the media 10 afterwards, he says, now you understand why most of the golfers are gray and balding like Jim after, after his win. They go through things like this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's great. All right. And then last one. Uh, let's see. I'll do, do you remember 2011? 2011. I do my math here. I'm trying to do my math in my head. I don't know. Sorry. Yeah, this was, this was a tricky one, but it was, uh, it was drama-filled because it was the first event that Stevie Williams was not on Tiger, Tiger's oh, bag. Adam Scott. And he was with Adam Scott, and Scott yeah. ended up torching the field at uh, 17 under par to win by four strokes. Woods finished 37th, and so the fans on 18 were all chanting Stevie. as uh, Yeah, Adam he and- was – I remember that day very well because Stevie came up here to take a shower after after the round and while adam was getting paraded around you know to speak to the volunteers and all the things that went with winning stevie came up here to have a um shower that you know i i don't know if everybody knows but the caddies are prohibited in the locker room except for after the round on sunday to bring the players bags up or whatever And we've always been pretty lenient with them since we have a guest locker room so we'll let the guys shower or whatever they want to do so he came up he had done it stevie done it before so i knew him from carrying Tiger's bag, but oh my God, I never saw a guy so pumped in my life. I mean, he was high-fiving everybody. And, uh, you know, that was a big thing for him. That was a big thing for him. So Yeah, it's fellow countrymen, you know, and um, yeah. I'm sure it was probably hard to give up Tiger's bag, but. Uh, yeah, think. and in addition to both of those things, I think it kind of gave him leg- some legitimacy, you know, I, I think, you know, as, as Tiger's, he was, Tiger Woods' caddy, how much is he helping Tiger Woods, you know? Right. So it gave, gave him a little legitimacy. Yeah. Well, Dick, this has been fun, man. This is awesome reliving. Uh, uh, hopefully it's fun for you, too, to relive some of these oh, memories. Oh, it is, yeah. What, uh, sure. It's hard, hard to sum up uh, the over 50 years you've spent at Firestone Country Club. Uh, as a as a kid learning the game, 
to work in, in all your odd jobs. Um, but what you try to do it for us. What does Firestone Country Club mean to you? Well, you know what? I, um, when I really think about that and, and, and I, I have given thought to that quite a bit, it, I, I guess I kind of look at it like home. It's home. You know, it, it, has, it has been. I've worked here for 46 years. You know, I've, I've worked here for now. I just realized this this year. I've worked here for exactly half of the club's existence. <laughs> wow. 92 years. So it's, you know, when I, when I thought about that, I thought, gosh, you know, wow. You know, and it's, uh, I mean, I have so many friends that, I've made from working here, from playing here, from members to, you know, other, other staff, what have you, you know, it's uh, um, another thing for me that like your dad, my boys grew up, got to grow up playing golf here and it means so much to all of them. And, you know, like I said, having the opportunity to travel and play a lot of good golf courses, a lot of destination golf around the country. Um, when people hear I'm from Firestone, it kind of resonates with them, you know, and it means something. And they're, you know, I've heard so many guys tell me it's on their bucket list, or I see people here every day that they said this was on their bucket list, you know, and, and, you know, there's, there's pride is another word that, that comes to mind quite a bit. I've always been very proud of this place. And um, I mean, you know, when you think about it, 27 years ago, my wife, bought a lot and built a house my wife and i two minutes from the club you know it was kind of important to her she loved driving through here it was always so beautiful and uh we found a nice little plot of land and actually added to it and it's just my kids grew up here you know my my older two boys worked here in the bag room when they were in high school and college you know it was uh it's always just been part of our life part of my life and it's uh a uh, good part. It's, it's uh, you know, I, I value the memories. I value the people. And I love golf, I guess. <laughs> Gotta love golf to be around that long. But I, I, you know, it's, I do love playing. Yeah. Yeah. And I, when I was home uh, in Akron doing some of final prep work for our trip coming up, I was out there and I saw you with your three boys uh, on Father's Day, so that's Father's Day, yeah. That's pretty cool to see it full circle, where you um, you learn the game as eight years old, and your dad working for Firestone, and then uh, there you were, you know, working for Firestone, and and your three boys uh, enjoying the courses that you love. So, Dick, thanks for sharing it with us. Um, I know I'm excited sure. to hang to hang out with you in August and see see you again. And I'm, I'm really excited for uh, some other members of new club who get to, to get to check this off a of bucket list and, uh, and have some fun once we get there. Yeah. I'm looking forward to, forward to it as well. You know, it'll be, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. I, I, I like to say we'll make it fun, but I really don't have to try too hard. Just, uh, <laughs> we just won't get in the way. How's that? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, yeah. Well, thanks again, Dick. We'll be talking to you soon. Okay. Thanks, Matt. Thank Take you care. very much.